Welcome to another episode of Why Not Meditate podcast. I'm your host, Masako Kozawa, a teacher and a student of mindfulness meditation. I am so happy that you're here. Welcome back to the five episode series, Five Things I Have Learned in 2022. This is the fourth out of the five episodes where I have been sharing the lessons and insights I have received this year. The first episode was about realizing that I was so much more of a control freak than I previously thought. And it was also about how I have been letting go of control by changing my perspective on life. The second episode was about what I have strategically done this year after getting off of a hamster wheel of life. The third episode was about why receiving what we want. Can be a scary process, and how we can expand our capacity to receive more of what we desire. So, if you haven't listened to the first three episodes, go back to them. Each of them are short, but they are really good. So, here we go the fourth lesson I have learned this year. I had to really work on my relationships this year. And one of the relationships was with money. And I'll be honest with you, this year, making money was not my focus. If it had been, I would have just gotten another job similar to the one I had, right? Instead, what I wanted to focus on this year was my relationship with money. And That may sound silly because money is not a sentient being, money is just an object. But we all do have a unique relationship with money. We create a meaning around money and attach certain value to it. Money on its own has no meaning or value without the ones we give it, right? And it almost becomes a living being. And oftentimes it controls us rather than us being in charge of it. We give our power away to money and let it run our life. It defines who we are, what we are worth, and how we see ourselves. We become slaves to it. We sometimes compromise our morals and integrity for it. We worship it. We prioritize it over our loved ones sometimes. And we even trade it with our soul. And all of that is somewhat accepted and justified in the current Western world, at least, especially in the United States where I currently live. All of these things are somewhat normalized, I would say. So, what do I mean by compromising integrity for the sake of money? Well, you don't even have to rob a bank or steal from someone. <laughs> Most of us don't do those extreme things. What we many of us do, though, is that we stay in a job that we don't like. We even do the work that we know that could be potentially harmful to humanity just for the sake of receiving paychecks. And whenever we do things that are not aligned with our value system, 
we are compromising our integrity with ourselves. And we justify it by telling ourselves and people around us that we need the job to support our family or whatever. And we also see many people around us are doing the same thing. And I am not saying that's right or wrong here. All I am saying is that it is so normalized that most of us don't even consider it as compromising our integrity. But actually, it is nothing but that. And I myself did that for years, mainly because I was unaware of my own beliefs about money. We all are deeply programmed by our parents or religions or the media about money. This programming goes deep. So you need to examine if the beliefs you hold today are actually legit or not. I mean, the super basic beliefs such as rich people are bad or money is the root of the evil or poverty is somewhat virtuous or any of these narratives you might have learned in your childhood, they are most likely running your life. But are any of them really true? And the funny thing is that you can easily prove these narratives to be false. It doesn't take much of anything to prove these deep-seated beliefs wrong. Are all rich people evil? Really, every one of them? Is money itself the root of evil? Money can be a tool to make life more convenient and comfortable. I think we all can agree on that. So is money itself the root of all evil? Do some people do bad things with money? Yes. Do some people do good things with money? Yes. Is being poor really virtuous? Is that helping anybody? I mean, these are easily discernible narratives, but many of us grew up with a variation of these, and we've been making decisions based on these beliefs. So we kind of need to clean up these BS, belief system, or you might want to call it bullshit, out of our self-identity we have today. So this year, I challenged or fact-checked many of these beliefs I personally held by asking myself the following questions. What does money mean to me? How much money do I need? How much money do I want? How much is too much and how much is too little and how much is just the right amount? By whose standard? Do I need to do something I don't like or believe in in order to make money? Do I have to compromise my integrity here and there in order to make money? Oh, this is the hard one to swallow. Was I pimping myself out to something I didn't fully support or respect for the sake of money? And the answer is, I mean, I have to say yes. Can I make a comfortable living in other ways without doing a 9-to-5 job? Well, I see evidence everywhere. 
Is getting a 9-to-5 job really the easiest way to make a living? I mean, it cannot be. Do you know how hard it is to rinse and repeat the same exact thing over and over again? Did I have job security like many people, including my family, thought I did? No, I didn't. It was as good as an illusion. I mean, in my 15-plus year career in the legal industry, I saw so many people getting laid off. Is it impossible or almost impossible to make a living by doing what I like doing, as I've been told by some people? Is that really true? Or is that merely their own limited beliefs? What does abundance mean to me? Did I ever feel truly abundant even when I was receiving a steady paycheck? No, I didn't. Even when I had more than enough money in the bank and a steady paycheck, I still didn't feel abundant. That's interesting. Why am I afraid of spending the money that is sitting in a bank account? Do I believe that once spent, it's gone forever and it's hard to replace? Is that true? I guess if you believe so. But based on what I have observed and studied and experienced, it is not true. Money needs to flow in order to be activated, just like electricity. There's a reason why it's called currency, and you are the conduit for that currency to flow into and through and out. Without the conduit, it cannot do anything. Am I less worthy as a person if I am not receiving a steady paycheck or if I am not getting paid a certain amount? Now we are getting into the good stuff. I encourage every one of us to explore our money stories we tell ourselves and make everyday decisions based on unconsciously because here's the hard truth. In order to change your financial landscape, you need to change your thoughts and beliefs about money and yourself. And this ties back to the last episode where we talked about how we are only able to receive what we believe we deserve. There's no way around this. And the same law applies to our finances. So we need to shift our perspective. There are a few exercises I personally have done and still do in order to improve my relationship with money, and I recommend everyone to do them. The first one is consciously shifting our attention, because whatever we pay attention to, we are nurturing it. We are saying we want more of it. Picture your mind as a garden. Whatever thought or belief you focus on, you are giving a fertilizer to it and it's gonna grow. Instead of noticing and thinking of lack, whether that's lack of money, lack of the partner you want, lack of health, lack of anything, start noticing what is actually there for you. Focus on what is abundant in your life right here and right now. 
And sometimes it takes some effort to notice what is working for us because we have a tendency to notice and focus on what's not working for us. That is the default setting of our brain, right? It's all about survival. And it takes some time to rewire our brain to notice what we have instead of what we don't have. So be patient, but be consistent. As you shift your focus on what you don't have to what you have, something weird will start happening. You will start noticing that you actually have everything you need right here and right now. You're not lacking anything. Then you start feeling more content. You become more present. Your mind is not anticipating something that might or might not happen in the future. You become more relaxed. You calm down. You are no longer fight or flight or freeze survival mode. You have more mental bandwidth to be creative. You have more energy available to create the life you want rather than living like a victim of circumstances. The fun game you can start playing today is making a gratitude list every day. As soon as you wake up in the morning, write down three things you have in your life that you are thankful for and really feel the appreciation in your heart for those three things. Do it at least for three weeks or maybe longer. If you have a hard time being consistent on your own, find a partner who can hold you accountable and text each other every day. Having a partner in this exercise is very helpful because on some days, it might be more challenging to find a spirit of gratitude. But who told you it's going to be easy, right? Anything worthwhile will take some effort. And that's why having accountability is so helpful. I am actually doing this exercise with one of my friends right now. He texts me three things he's thankful for that day. And I text him three things I am thankful for that day. So if you need a partner, I'll be more than happy to be your accountability partner. Just email me or send me a DM on Instagram and we'll get it started. I'll leave those links in the show notes. And what this exercise does is not only it shifts your focus from what you don't have to what you do have, but also you experience a sense of appreciation and gratitude. Remember, what you focus on grows. And little by little, you are shifting your state of internal being to match with what you want in life rather than matching with what you don't want. Another exercise I do is practicing receiving. Like we talked about in a previous episode, we need space to receive. If we are closed off, we cannot let anything good in, including money. So let's practice receiving small things every day. For example, compliments from a stranger or someone you know. How often do you fully receive the compliments that someone offers you? 
What I've noticed is that so often we don't really receive the compliments. Instead, we deflect them, we block them. If someone says, You look nice today, I love your outfit. How often do you say things like, Oh, this old thing, I got this shirt on sale? Or if someone says, Great job at the meeting today, how often do you hear a response like, Well, I'm glad I didn't completely screw it up? You know, by deflecting the compliments, what you are actually doing is telling yourself and others that you don't deserve the compliments. You're not open to receiving them. You're also telling whomever is complimenting you that they are somehow wrong about what they just told you. You're kind of arguing against them. Instead, can we just say thank you and smile? I mean, compliments may be free and you might think it's not as big of a deal, but if you cannot even fully accept something small like a casual compliment, how do you expect to receive bigger gifts, money, emotional support, love, opportunities, or whatever else you want? And just like everything else, fundamentally, the change needs to happen internally first before the change happens externally. You have to change your state of being if you want your finances to change. That means you cannot wait to have money to feel worthy or feel abundant. That also means you don't have to wait to feel worthy or abundant until you have a certain amount of money in your possession. You don't have to wait to feel loved until you are in your dream relationship. You don't have to wait to feel well until the physical symptoms are gone. And we will dive into this topic even deeper and tie it into the New Year's resolution in the next episode. We're going to talk about how we can become the person we want to become in 2023. It's going to be the final episode of this five episode series. And it's also going to be the final episode of this year. The final episode of season one of Why Not Meditate podcast. I published one new episode every single Friday of this year, which, gosh, I cannot believe that I did. And I am just so proud of myself doing it. And I so appreciate you being part of this podcast. Being part of this creation. Every week, I received beautiful feedback from you guys saying somehow the episode has touched you and made your life a little better. This year alone, I've received more comments like that than any other years of my life combined. And every single beautiful feedback has touched my heart and encouraged me. To keep going. It's truly been the most wonderful gift I've ever received. And I want to take a proper moment here and express my gratitude. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast this year. Wishing everyone a beautiful holiday season, and I will see you next week 
at the final episode of the year 2022. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, subscribe and leave a review. Also, share the episode with a friend who might benefit from meditation. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, why not meditate?